Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, I do hope you can hear me. We are mic'd up, but I know sometimes there's uh, a bit of an echo with the microphones, and I've been told that if you can't hear me, just move forward and make it a bit more cosy. Um, I'm Neville White. I'm a member of the Just Share Steering Group, uh, and it's a really a very great pleasure for me to be asked to introduce tonight's uh, lecture in our current series of talks on Christian social and political thought. It's really important that Just Share does this, bringing conversation, argument, and debate into the City of London. So I do hope you enjoy tonight, and you're all very welcome. I myself do nothing. The Holy Spirit accomplishes all through me. It's always struck me that William Blake is an English original. He's one of those enigmatics that was thrust into a world of simmering violence and revolution, but one that was also very much alive to visionary ideas and reforming agitation. I think you'll agree it's given to very few of us to be uh, to born of a time to speak with prophetic relevance down the ages, but I think we do hear William Blake today. For instance, it, it occurred to me that as we collectively wring our hands about bankers' bonuses and economic excess, we can hear Blake saying, you never know what is enough unless you know what is more than enough. And that one question, it seems to me, is, isn't being asked at the moment, how much is too much? So it makes Blake very relevant. In countless other ways, I think we continue to hear him mocking, commenting, and challenging our imaginative potential. In his own time, Blake was difficult, uncompromising, a defender of justice and a revolutionary of sorts, but I think a very English type of revolutionary. His interest in sexual liberation had to wait 200 years to catch up with him, and even now tends to raise many a wary eyebrow. The hostility of polite society hounded Blake up to and beyond death, dying penniless, committed to a common grave, among the dissenters at Bunhill, shunned and very much beyond the pale of respectable society. And I think Blake's mysticism, his religious apartness, is also revolutionary. Are not religion and politics the same thing, he asserts, with what strikes me as a really contemporary relevance and certain to discomfort any politician who dislikes their churchmen wandering into the political unaccompanied. Excoriating the cult of reason, Blake saw divinity in all things, making him an early ecologist, a believer in sexual and racial equality, and a passionate advocate of the divine and the human in union. The glory of Christianity, he once said, is to conquer by forgiveness. To explore William Blake from a Christian political perspective, we are delighted and privileged to have with us tonight the Reverend Professor Christopher Rowland. Chris has been Dean Ireland Professor of the Exegesis of Holy Scripture at Oxford University since 1991 and is a Fellow of the Queen's College, Oxford. He was a board member of Christian Aid with a special interest in South America and has been Canon Theologian at Liverpool Cathedral since 2005. Author of several books, he is, with Andrew Bradstock, the author of Radical Christian Writings, a reader, which has been described as an easy introduction to subversive Christian thought through the ages and a welcome addition to the shelves 
of thoughtful Christians of all denominations. And I've just been told here there is a book out on Blake and the Bible in June, which Chris has penned. So please welcome Professor Rowland to explore with us tonight unique prophetic imagination of William Blake. Thank you very much indeed. It's a great pleasure uh, to be here and uh, also to talk about William Blake, um, who has uh, fascinated me for longer than I care to remember, but uh, uh, to share some of my enthusiasm for Blake and uh, some of the wonderful images and indeed words of uh, this remarkable uh, uh, person who I think contributes greatly to our thinking about politics. I think I want to offer one uh, disclaimer, and that is it says on, on the sheet that these lectures will explore how the concept of justice has been interpreted by Christian and so social and political thinkers. Blake, I think, had an ambivalent relationship to justice. And I think one of the reasons why he had an ambivalent relationship to justice was that uh, uh, he had a, a severe brush with English law when he was confronted by, and indeed confronted, a soldier when he was living in Sussex in Felpham in 1803. He was alleged to have said, damn the king and his country, his subjects and all you soldiers are sold for slaves. And Blake, uh, in the context of the charges made against him, was described as a wicked, seditious and evil disposed person who would encourage the enemies of our Lord and King. He was charged with sedition, but acquitted after his trial at Chichester. But one of the things that happened was that Blake's advocate spoke about Blake that he is as loyal a subject as any man in this court, that he feels as much indignation at the idea of exposing to contempt or injury the sacred person of his sovereign as any man. You'll see, I hope, in the next 25 minutes or so, that uh, Blake's views of monarchy uh, uh, were not those represented by the advocate. And I think it must have been an extraordinarily difficult uh, experience for Blake uh, to have gone through uh, that process of the trial, not just to have heard words like that, but actually to have found himself uh, risking uh, something uh, which was a kind of a, a terrible sentence. And so uh, we find in his work an approach to justice which I think, as I say, is ambivalent. There are purple passages where he speaks about justice, but there are other passages where justice means uh, the heavy arm of the law um, coming down on uh, relatively insignificant people. And I think his ambivalence reminds us that it's important to consider the historical language, the historical context of language about justice. There are two parts to what I'm going to present to you in the time I've got available. First of all, to understand Blake's politics, I think one's got to understand what he's doing with theology and the problem he has with received wisdom about theology and the challenge he poses. And then, uh, to use a Blake phrase, his attention to minute particulars. And I'll try and do that by uh, looking at uh, some 